0: The VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Everyone, welcome to episode four of the Chaotic Goodcast. This is our weekly roundtable of all things geeky, all things geeky and nerdy that we love to chat about. Joining me this episode are Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games in Burlington, Vermont.
1: How we doing, everybody?
0: And the Geek of the North, Jason Hunt.
2: I identify as a GERD.
0: Gerd, Gerd, <laughs> I like it.
2: Awesome. Well, you said Niki and Gertie, so I
0: I stumbled over my words. It's late. It's been a long day. It's Memorial Day. We've uh, actually went out and got some exercise this afternoon, which is a change instead of uh, you know sitting in front of a laptop editing all day. But that's beside the point. Thank you guys so much for coming on episode four and chatting with me. Let's start out by talking a little bit about what we've been pl- up to and what we've been playing. You guys, uh, you guys have uh, anything that you've been doing since the last episode, Jason?
2: Um, I have been working on my uh, druid for our upcoming Forbidden Lands game. That's right. That's um, hitting, it's
0: hitting uh, the YouTube channel here Wednesday
2: yep uh, Wednesday night yeah nice. um also I've been uh in unrelated um gaming I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 again Nice. I'm trying to trying to explore all the different uh, different um, character options and of course I'm always reading all of my various kickstarters
0: absolutely absolutely that, that's never-ending with those oh
2: lord <laughs> if I ever get to the end of that I will be astonished <laughs>
0: Ben, uh, how about you? How many games have you added to the throne of games this week? Because uh, so we know th- that you have this throne of games in the back room at Quarterstaff Games. Right. That you just you know. uh, so upon. so
1: the throne of games only got one notable addition this wow. week. Oh, uh, a pla- Yeah, a planet from Blue Orange Games arrived uh, oh. this week. Which, uh, if you are unfamiliar with it, it is a tile drafting. uh area control-ish kind of game okay. uh basically you have this 3d uh uh d12 essentially and you are uh at the beginning of your turn you'll draft a tile and through the the magic of magnets this tile will attach to your your oversized d12 and then you will look at the array of animal cards that are in the tab the the the, the tableau the um the general supply if you will and any of those that you meet with this new world that you're creating over the course of these rounds you'll then add to your score pile and whoever's brought the most number of animals to their world after setting it all up uh, is the winner uh, it's a really cool family game super fun to watch this 12-sided planet that you're creating come together and and adding all these super cute animals to it um so that's uh that just came out this week and we are super happy to add it to our throne of games at work
0: nice nice yeah blue orange does uh some good good nice family friendly all ages kind of games that uh, they put out
1: yeah they've definitely stepped it up uh in the past four or five years really making uh from just like Super kid-friendly uh, activities into full-fledged games and and family-friendly games as yeah. well. So it's it's uh it's been really cool to see that company uh, uh, add these things to their catalog. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, not much gaming going on for me. I did uh, create my Wolfkin for the Forbidden Lands actual play campaign that we've got premiering on the show on Wednesday, uh, which will be. Uh, the day before this episode actually comes out. So if you haven't uh, checked that out, go check that out on the YouTube channel. Uh, we're really excited to do the Forbidden Lands campaign. And we've got a great GM for that uh, for that series, Jody Brandt, uh, who you know as QuestWise on YouTube. And he's also uh, a writer of RPG games and adventures for bloat games. And just an all-around great guy. And, and I'm, I'm so... Honored that uh, he he stepped up and and wanted to do a, uh, a GM uh, session for for the the show um yeah so we've got that going on i've i've done that uh we got some dungeon drop in from phase shift uh, that's hitting the kickstarter june 4th um i've been talking with jason we should have jason from phase shift on the show i think june 10th uh, right after their kickstarter launches um so we're, we're excited to have jason on and uh he can kind of tell us a little bit about phase shift and and dungeon drop uh then they are gonna have a retailer option on this Kickstarter and and I, I like the price point on it. I think you're gonna like the like the price point as well, um, for, for retailers and um, yeah, I think it's a great little family friendly quick filler Dungeon looting kind of game. Um, awesome, yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat, and Sydney really enjoyed it. So, yeah, we did a little video for them and posted it on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, I, I hope they do uh, really well on Kickstarter. I think they've got uh, they've got a really good product here. Um, but we'll talk about that more in a couple more couple more weeks. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to. Uh, I did read uh, an RPG, which. Uh, Jason and I, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about later Ooh, on this yeah. episode. Uh, but for now, let's move on to movies and TV. Um, yeah, I, I I'm kind of sad. Last Sunday was uh, yesterday was the first Sunday without a Game of Thrones episode. Um It was
2: so weird here. It <laughs> was. Uh, it was. Every Sunday, it's it's a thing that my wife and I do. Every Sunday, we've always had um Game of Thrones. Uh the season of Game of Thrones would end. Um, and then we'd have one of the zombie shows, either Fear the Walking Dead or The Walking Dead. Yep, same for Or us. um AMC had Into the Badlands for a while. Yep, so every yep. Sunday we had we had a show that we would watch every Sunday. So yesterday was yeah, today's Monday. Uh yesterday, we were just like Sitting around, you know, doing our own things. Like, I kept look, I look looking at the clock. I'm like, what? Should I be doing something now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's uh, kind of the Sunday night void right now. Uh, I'm not sure when Fear the Walking Dead is supposed to come back on. Jason, do you know? Uh, is it
2: June to 2nd, if I'm oh, not okay. Mistaken. So it's
0: it's pretty soon here. We got another. That... It's only like next Sunday.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, only one, there's, a one, there's a one week gap.
1: Yeah. That's uh <laughs> right. Dead. that Did was a show that I, I never got into it, my no? wife and I are my wife and I are super into Walking Dead and we've watched it since the beginning, essentially, and uh, feared the Walking Dead, though. We just never, never, never really grabbed us. I watched the first uh, the first season, but didn't no, pick it up yeah. when season two came back. Yeah.
2: No, I, the only thing I didn't like about fear of the Walking Dead was they kept Splitting the party, which as gamers, we all know you never do that. Nothing good ever comes from splitting the party ever. Somebody dies, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets lost, somebody gets beat up, you know, whatever. And they kept doing it season <laughs> after season. The, the only thing that keeps me coming back to that show is hatred for one character <laughs> and, <laughs> and love for a couple of other characters. <laughs> that,
1: that, that, that's all it takes, though. Yeah, you know. I, I will
0: say that they didn't. Probably the first what is this the fourth season, Jason? That they just finished
2: uh, up? yes, season four is I, just is just finished up. Season five is forthcoming. I think right. Season think.
0: four was kind of like this reboot of Fear of the Walking Dead. They've got pretty much a whole new cast. Um, I think yeah, they, they realized they, and, they, that, and
2: they they did the crossover thing with yeah, the Walking Dead. Yeah, because I and that was a very obvious attempt to grab some of the viewers exactly from walking dead very it was it was obvious it worked okay but it was extremely obvious and i was kind of disappointed yeah I, it
0: wasn't as hyped up as as i mean it was hyped up more than it actually played out to be um i think seasons one through three ben you can kind of skip mm-hmm. and if and you watch the last, the last one here. yeah it okay the The last episode was much better, and and the first three seasons, I'm gonna say, there's not really anybody that you are relating to or wanting to. Um, it get was behind. very hard.
2: Yeah, <sighs> that's exactly it. It was very hard. Okay, to get invested in those in the characters yeah, in season one. Yeah, it was the odd. only thing that kept me watching was I liked the fact that after The Walking Dead, Reno, you know, where you know Rick wakes up and the apocalypse has already happened, mm-hmm. fear actually shows you a city literally tearing itself yes, apart yes, in the first place. Cool. And I did like I did like that part. Okay.
1: Nice, so if
0: you've already watched that part, Ben, then you can just fast forward to season four and and Skip pick forward it up. But yeah you're good younger. you're good there's but not all right. really all that much that has happened between then and there. I will say that the one character that I really enjoyed in those first three seasons first first three seasons was the um what was it the the former torture guy the older father there that was uh Oh, I can't. Remember. Ophelia's dad, and I can't remember what his name is. Do you remember what his name is, Jason? You know who I'm talking about.
2: Um, yeah, I know. I know the character you're talking about. That, um, that Hector, guy, Hector Elizondo. Yeah, Hector.
0: Hector. Yeah, yeah, he was the one that I really was like, okay, this is cool. This is a great character. I can kind of, kind of get get related to, kind of root for, and then they just killed him off and it's like
1: that's the end of it
0: yeah it's like okay, okay so the one character that i really like you don't really want to develop a whole lot more for okay that's, too, that's too bad that's too yeah bad. um but yeah i i i l- think the new season oh, apologies has... I was actually
2: wrong I need to correct myself Ruben Blades actually plays the character and his character his name is Daniel Salazar
0: Dan- yes 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 sorry yes Daniel Salazar he was a really great character I and I really liked him once we got to know him and got a little more yeah. backstory about him and then it was just like yeah no we're they did
2: they did unfortunately yeah, the way they went with that was a little bit um I, I kind of appreciated it a little bit because it was very abrupt in typical zombie apocalypse style. Sure. sure. You know, they've they've been a little a little bit more Game of Thrones Z with Fear of the Walking Dead than they have with The Walking Dead. Like literally no one on Fear of the Walking Dead has been safe. Not us. This is us. true. This is true. Um well I that's, I I think mean... one of my takeaways from The Walking Dead actually is um I've read the, I've read the read the you know, the graphic novels and the comics um right up to current so I know I'm up to speed on that but I didn't like the fact that they the some of the changes they made in the series seemed to be specifically done for ratings.
1: For sure. I, I will say though that there is only one character from season one of The Walking Dead that's still alive. So I don't I don't know if anyone's really been safe on that show. Well, sure things have things have been delayed, but there's one character.
0: <laughs> no, isn't isn't Carol from the first season?
1: Oh, sorry. Two, two, but only one that exists in. Oh yeah, uh, in the comic. In, in the comic, yeah. Because yeah. Daryl Daryl Dixon is a TV show only personality. And so. you
0: know, if they kill Daryl off, people are gonna riot.
2: Oh, the riot would be amazing. You
0: know the immense backlash online for Walking Dead if they killed Daryl off is just. They might as well just cancel the show. Uh, nobody's gonna be. Yeah, probably. Again.
2: Yeah, probably. The um the ratings for the episodes where he has um, a little bit of spoilers for people who haven't watched it, but it's a couple of seasons ago now, when Daryl's captured by the Saviors and he's basically locked in that closet for so many episodes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's literally just imploding on himself mentally, those were some of the lowest rated episodes of that <laughs> series that they ever had. And then when he breaks out and is still a little bit, you know, like gun shy and not, not himself, he just wants to get away, you know people were super disappointed in that. They wanted Daryl to storm out of that room like an avenging angel and just slaughter everything in his path kind of thing. Yeah. I, I I will say he
1: for being, you know, this new construct for the the TV show, he is
2: a he's been a really good character.
1: He's had a lot yeah, of character yeah, arc, that. a lot of character yeah. development. So. He's had
2: a yeah, it's it's been amazing yeah. actually the amount of development they put into that character. It's uh I can definitely see why people would uh would riot
1: if if daryl dies so
2: i honestly think that's been one of the problems with the show actually they have gone into such depth with so many characters that they've actually sacrificed the story in in some cases Mm -hmm. to just there's been episodes lately, well, not lately, but in the last couple of seasons, there's been episodes where the entire episode is focused on one single character, and if you don't like that character, mm-hmm. well, you know, tough noogies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, and they've they've done that a lot lately.
1: Yeah, they have. Oh, the, ca- the cast definitely swelled quite a bit, and uh, I hope with recent developments, things have narrowed down quite a bit, and they'll be able to focus on a, on an overarching story as well as character development, so. Absolutely.
0: So, speaking of TV shows that have a huge following, this week, um, or this last week, I should say, the trailer for Picard um, dropped. It is going to be exclusive on AB, uh, CBS All Access. Um, it. I'm not a big Trekkie, so I saw it and didn't really have any huge opinions on it. Um, I... Am interested to think to see if any of you guys are uh, big Star Trek fans, and uh, if you have any opinions on this Park- Picard uh, trailer that dropped.
1: I'll I'll jump in there real sure. quick. Uh, so before I developed my love of Star Wars, I was a huge Trekkie growing up. Really? That was when I was a kid. That was my thing. Like I, and it was due to the Next Generation that okay. came out. Uh, when I was at that younger age, and I was recording the episodes off of uh, TV onto a onto VHS and making my own little library and and everything, growing up. Uh, so I'm super excited. Picard, uh, he he's my captain. uh, if I had, if I had to, if I had to pick one, he's my captain. That said, I do love deep space nine more than next generation, but I think that's more because I was older and I could appreciate it for a little more what it was. Uh, but I am super excited to see where they, they take this character. Picard has been a real deep character and while not necessarily like evil or conflicted he's definitely flawed in a few areas and i think on cbs all access they'll really be able to explore some of those flaws they could only just barely touch upon in the in the the original next generation series
0: now in this uh, trailer they've hinted that he left starfleet and he's been away for like 15 years or so yeah. so he has
2: <laughs> retired from yeah. starfleet
0: well, I don't know if he's... Re- was, is he retired or did he just leave. Uh, <laughs> seems uh,
2: seems like something like, like a retirement. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think. Well, they played up so much on it in the, in the later movies. Um, that t- the the time that he spent as Borg, as Locutus of Borg, um, that really screwed him up mentally. Um, having uh, having the Borg consciousness inside his mind for that long. Um, And understanding where the Borg were coming from, I think that was part of his problem, too, is deep down inside, he knew that what the Borg was doing was patently evil. I mean, they were just steamrolling the the universe kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But he also understood, you know what? If everyone's under one banner and everyone's doing the same thing, your productivity skyrockets. So he could kind of appreciate that aspect of it. And I don't think he ever really reconciled that. Like once he got back to being human again, he never really came back from that. Um, and of course, over the course of all of the next generation episodes, he goes through so many crazy story arcs. Um, like there's the episode where he's, um, he's, uh, gets hit by an alien probe and basically experiences an entire lifetime from his current age, right up to the point of his death. And then finds out that it's only been a few minutes aboard the enterprise. So he's got an entire lifetime's worth of memories, you know, loved ones, friends, family, grandkids, children, all living, dying, getting older kind of thing. Um, and then they have the episodes where he's caught by the Cardassians and tortured. Um, you know the the famous uh, "there are only four lights" thing. Um, I'm, I don't know if you know that, Doug, but it's it's a big meme on the internet. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Like, I mean, I mean I through... see the
0: uh, Kardashians online all the time. No, no, My no, wife no, 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 not, not, the, Kardashians. The, not the Kardashians.
2: Me. What? The Kardashians. Oh, the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he's gone through so much stuff that I think, honestly, for him to retire is a is a perfect character moment for him because he's kind of given his all, like literally, physically, mentally, like spiritually, he gave his all for the Federation, and he was just done. He didn't have any more to give. So he went back home.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm excited to see what... Uh, I don't have CBS All Access. I've thought about it a couple times because I, I wouldn't mind watching uh, Star Trek Discovery. and, and this. Uh, it's uh, going to air
2: on or. a couple of other channels, they have said. I know oh, in Canada is? we're going to have it on... Uh, the Canadian sci-fi channel is called Space, um, and we're going to have it on that. Uh, we had Discovery on that as well.
0: Nice
2: and uh, a Crave TV. I don't know if you. I don't know if that's just a Canadian thing or not. I, it's a it's a streaming service like Netflix.
1: Yeah. Okay,
2: cool. It's hooked up to Shaw in Canada. I don't know if there's an American equivalent to it or not. But yeah, there are a few other places where you'll be able to see it.
0: Cool, cool. I'll have to uh, f- see if I can find uh, a way to watch it. I think Discovery came out on DVD anyway, so you can it buy did. it. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm I'm it hoping
2: did. that they really go with um with the discovery sort of storytelling depth uh with this new series um because that's the one thing I don't want to see a return of is is the production values of next generation sure Th- that is it was great at, it was great at its time but it is done now and it needs to be allowed to be done uh, and left in the past
1: yeah with these with these new streaming services and everything you know you it's no longer it's no longer episodic television where you're living week to week in a in a show you want these these 10 episode 12 episode you know seasons to have a really full uh enrichment and payoff and and i think i i've watched uh season one of discovery i've not seen season two yet but definitely i they are moving that way and i'm really hoping they continue that with picard like you said
0: yeah i think a lot of these streaming services uh i think they anticipate folks sitting down and just marathoning through them so you know i think that
2: well yeah just look they, at netflix now yeah i mean
0: <laughs> that's just the way i think streaming is built for so
2: before they canned all of the marvel up epi- marvel series it was like oh hey <laughs> the new season of daredevil just dropped so i was like well um uh this is what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I guess no, I'm not going to see anyone that I know or love for a weekend. Bye.
0: <laughs> now they did say that the last Jessica Jones season is is dropping. I think next week at some point. Yeah,
2: and that will be the some last time. of Netflix. Yep. yep. Um, I'm not so like everybody was. A lot of my friends were complaining about that uh, that being done, and I'm like, you know what? It's a Disney thing now. Disney wants all of its toys back in its own toy box, so they're taking everything back yeah, from well, everybody who had them. I
0: mean, they and have... And you can't to really... I, I
2: can't blame them. It sucks, but I can't blame them.
0: Right. Well, I mean... They I don't want to buy Disney
2: Plus or whatever it is. So.
0: Well, I don't think you're going to have to with... They're, they're not going to put... Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist on Disney Plus. Let's just face oh, it right no. now. No, those, not gonna... those
2: series are done. They will they will not be back. Well, even if they so even anybody if... who is holding our hopes for that.
0: <laughs> well, even if they were going to make like new content similar to that, it's not going to be on Disney Plus. I don't think. I think that that is going to go on Hulu, because you look.
2: I'm yeah. You know, I would like it if that happened, but I'm kind of wondering if. In order to drive traffic to Disney Plus right out of the gate, what if they do like, hey, the first few episodes are only available on Disney yeah. Plus, and then you can watch the rest of it on Hulu, kind of thing.
0: Oh, and, and they have announced that uh, isn't there a Loki series and and some other uh, Marvel shows? A lot. That... There's a
2: lot of stuff in development, yeah. but none of it's yeah. really been given any kind of start date okay. or you know. That.
1: Yeah, they've. Uh, I think they've announced that uh, Tom Hiddleston will definitely be doing stuff with the Loki series. And we'll have a Falcon and winter soldier series that'll have uh Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Uh, but that's really all we have on that right now.
0: Okay. And I don't see those being dark, like daredevil and, and
2: no, Iron well Fist maybe with the winter soldier, Jessica they'll Jones. get into a little bit of dark, yeah, but not bit. nothing too much. I mean, the thing with the winter soldier is that's kind of his trope. He is a dark yeah. character. You know, he's, he's, had a lot of bad crap happen to him. I mean, I felt bad for Bucky. But if that's going to be the only thing they dwell on with him, then it's going to be a very boring series.
1: It'll be very short, very boring, yeah.
0: Now, the other trailer that dropped this week was the next trailer or the next movie for the Terminator ser- series um is this what is how many terminator movies does this make terminator five is this
2: what i believe this is this is is, six movie wise i think this is five five or six yeah
0: okay um yeah can i just say it's too many (laughs) (laughs) there are a couple of the a couple of them in there that i could have done without
1: that's for sure
2: oh there um, were a few bad i'm sorry but there was It's just flat out there were a few bad terminator movies yeah now, yeah.
1: now, now the last the last one they released was terminator 2 right that
2: was the last one was-
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. yeah that's back in one 1991
2: they- that's yeah, yeah that was judgment day uh, yeah that, that was the last terminator that movie was- that i honestly <laughs> remember
1: <laughs> that right. that uh, all joking aside that is the last terminator uh movie tv show that i've seen so i've not really? seen any of this this continuing well, stuff. That's so the, that's the one that I've chosen
0: to uh, let linger in my brain. The other ones I've kind of just flushed out and decided not to even remember or uh, validate in my yeah. mind.
2: Um, honestly, three, four, and five were eminently forgettable. Like, not just good. sad. They're, they just—it was just them banking on Schwarzenegger, and it doesn't work anymore. As cool as Arnold was, and still is, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from the man, um, he's not Terminator anymore. He needs to not be the Terminator anymore. Well,
0: mm-hmm. he, here's the thing. He's actually in I mean, this ne- next movie, though.
2: I know. That's what I'm kind of annoyed at. Really? <laughs> They're trotting him back out again for star power and be like, oh, my God, I've got to see this movie. Arnold's back in it. He's going to be a Terminator one more. No, he's not. He's not. He, you just let him go, folks. Let him go.
1: I, I mean the the real reason i kind of got excited about this trailer was linda hamilton and so oh, yeah. yes she,
2: she's I will still watching linda it. hamilton play sarah connor
1: anytime she looks fantastic she is i mean she's an amazingly talented actress anyway mm-hmm. and bringing her back in now is is probably
2: what could save this franchise well, from just that, becoming a, a joke.
1: Let's
0: hope.
2: That and they have some brutally amazing looking special effects. Oh,
0: yeah. But well. Really. The, the last couple of movies were okay, weren't they? For special effects. <sighs> the
2: problem with the special effects is the special effects took over from the acting and the script and any value of the movie. That was the problem with the special effects in the last three movies. (laughs) It was, Hey, look at some, some boring actors and actresses running around doing boring things. And then, Oh, Hey, look, a Terminator showed up. We're going to watch a Terminator fight another Terminator for 10 minutes. And that'll be cool. And then the boring actors will come back and say something maudlin and sad about the apocalypse and how we can prevent it and yada, yada, yada movie over. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I'm, I'm excited for it. I I'll probably go see it in the theater just because we do this podcast and you know i always like to talk about uh
2: you gots it got to out. be relevant that's right you that's right know.
0: um yeah so we'll see we'll see uh, i i hope it kind of reinvigorates the, the 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 franchise for uh who, who owns, I hope who they owns, uh, i
2: hope like it's it's got James Cameron back so yeah, am yeah. mm-hmm. he's potential. writing again He's directing again with Tim Miller, and Tim Miller did Deadpool, so you know, fingers crossed for some amazing action scenes, some really good dialogue.
0: Yeah, I, I think it. Uh, I think it's got potential. I'll, like I said, I'll go see it. And worst, worst things, worse comes to worst, it's just another really not great Terminator movie.
1: And we can go back to you know pretending T two was uh, <laughs> the end of it.
0: That's right. That's right. So speaking of uh, relevant movies, uh, I did get to go watch the number one movie in, I think, the world at this point, uh, Aladdin, this uh, this weekend. Actually, I saw it last night at the drive-in. Um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that because uh, it, it's done. What what did we say, Ben? It was on 112 million uh, 100,
1: worldwide. 100, 112.7 million in the U.S. and Canada. And then 121 million in other territories for a worldwide total of 233.7 million worldwide for its opening weekend. So yeah, uh, and that information is from the Wikipedia article. Nice. Uh,
0: Well, if it's on Wikipedia, it's got to be true. It's got to be true, right? (laughs) No. Um, it 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 debuted higher than expectations, which is nice. Um. Uh, did you guys watch the original Aladdin movie? It came out in 1990. Uh I don't know. I it's a movie that I really um it came out in junior high school for me. So it was one of those movies that I really even though I was kind of past the whole Disney cartoon movie, I still really loved it. Like it was mm-hmm. one of those like the original Aladdin movie was was still, I have a copy of the DVD in my library. Um, I, I I really enjoy that movie, even though I was kind of past the age where I probably should have, but it still,
2: well, I it was know. really, it was also one of the first Disney movies that came out in that era that had a lot of content for the adults that were taking their kids because That's Disney true. had realized at that point that, yeah, your theaters, two thirds full of children but the other third is adults that want to be entertained. And if they can take something away from that, the next time a Disney movie comes out, it's a shoe in for the kids. That's right Like they're, You're guaranteeing I'm bringing my kids to every Disney movie because I get all the little in jokes that the kids are too young for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Robin Williams is such an iconic voice and yeah, character he, to
2: Genie. He, um, that was a huge movie for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: that uh, that that just cemented him in a whole nother generation of, of viewers as as the comedic genius he really was. You know, we had all of his stand up from earlier that is amazing. Go back and listen to it. I actually did that a couple of months ago and his stand up is is fantastic. And then you
2: know more He's comedy, every bit as relevant his, now as George you know. Carlin is. Yeah. Like and
1: So yeah, this was this was just him putting his stamp on on the current generation that's out there now, Um, and then you know we have this live action that comes along that let's face it, Will Smith, you you got a lot of shoes to fill here. You got huge huge shoes to fill.
0: Okay. How how, how did
1: how did you think he did? Okay,
0: this is this is my this is a great segue in my thoughts about Aladdin. I was very like when they showed the blue will smith images like and teased it when they were doing like all the pre-movie hype there was a lot of hate on the internet yeah the internet was very upset
2: they were Uh, like you're trying to replace robin williams
0: and and like i said like or like you said robin williams those are big few big shoes to fill like but
2: actually they're slippers
0: yeah that's true (laughs) <laughs> but Will Watching Will Smith in this movie Changed my mind
1: okay. And he right.
0: did A phenomenal job Like I went into I, this movie I, Super skeptical Super skeptical Like oh my word this is not going to be good Because it's not Robin Williams And yes It is his kind of take On the genie But there's so much of Robin Williams in the character that you kind of you, you accept it. And I don't they, they give the genie kind of a new spin. So even if you had Robin Robin Williams alive today, which, you know, would be amazing and, and having him do a genie in real life, I don't think with the genie, the way they portrayed him in this movie, he could have pulled it off, um, because this genie was all over the place, just like the like the movie one. But I mean, there were some really great scenes. Uh, yeah, I I was really impressed with how Will Smith was able to kind of keep that whole Robin Williams vibe, but yet still kind of put his spin on it. And the CGI, like Will Smith, like, yeah, it was kind of corny and and everything. And it kind of looked, you know, silly on screen the first couple times. But then it, you you have to realize it's, it's a genie. It's going to look kind of silly after a while. Um, but Disney did a great job of making him look human a good percentage of this movie. So he didn't, he wasn't blue throughout this whole movie. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. And that's what everyone was worried about. Everyone was worried that they were going to basically make Will Smith look blue because that's what he looks in the promo. He's all blue all the time in the first trailer. And that's where everybody's (laughs) outrage came from. They were like, Oh my God will smith is blue and then there were even people that were upset because you know will smith is a black man and they were like oh really can't let him be a black man you gotta color him blue like no he's blue because in the in the in the cartoon he comes out blue that's the only reason he was blue and then they almost immediately take him away from that like and that was a smart move right
0: now i i will tell folks that they did kind of change the story a little bit here and there to make it live action um so it's not like an a shot for shot remake, which none of the live action movies from Disney are. No. But just and that no would have been very fun to watch right. either. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I will say that, um, it was really great that they kept you know the original songs in there. They did kind of change them up a little bit in some of them, but man, when you know. You ain't never had a friend like me when that came on, um, when a whole new world came on. Like everybody in the, you know, at the drive-in when those movies were, when those songs came on, they were singing them. You know, it's it's it was it was really great. Um, they did add a couple songs, which
1: I don't know. They okay, yeah. I I wanted to ask you about this because uh, actually, just the other night. I watched the uh, the live action Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and the the new songs that are in that ah, they kind of stick out and you just go, eh. so yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you if if they did any new songs in Aladdin and if so, how were they?
0: Um, they, they were good. Um, I think the way that they without going into too many spoils spoilers, um, I think the way they tweak the story, they made those things more relevant okay so i think that the not i think the songs were needed um i don't Mm -hmm. think that they're ever going to be like these you know noteworthy songs that everybody's going to go back and start singing like you know a whole new world and i'm trying to of all the other songs that uh You know, there's a whole bunch of different. You know, the the original soundtrack everybody knows. Um, I don't think they're ever going to be like on that level, but I think they did add to um, some of the character development and the story, which was which was good. Um, The one thing that I wish that they had done, the one thing that I had hoped, is that. They had gotten Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> to play Iago at the Parrot, and they didn't do that. Like, come on, at least give us that.
2: His yeah, Gilbert Gottfried's voice is almost as iconic as Robin Williams, in right?
1: Movie. For but, sure. I, uh. it, it was Alan. It was Alan Tudyk that took it over. Yeah, what uh, oh, was uh, it? They gave
2: it to Alan, yeah, yeah, it was Alan Tudyk. Yeah,
1: um, which so, I have.
2: Mad, I have mad respect for Alan Tudyk. He's yeah. an amazing.
0: I, 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 yeah, he's great, but I mean,
2: he's not Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, and and they <laughs> yeah. changed
0: it so I didn't even realize it was Alan Tudyk. To be honest, like I, I had no idea when I was watching the movie. I was just like, That's oh, there's why he's such a
2: great actor." Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and I I just was like, oh man, that'd be great if Gilbert, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I I know most people don't like Gilbert Gottfried, but why are you yeah.
1: saying this? Why? Oh, you guys, what are you talking about?
2: <laughs> I will spare you folks the impression of Gilbert Gottfried since these two have more than heard
0: it. What are you talking about? Like it's just it's those things like oh man it needs to be Gilbert and and I was kind of part of me was sad that it was not him. Um but yeah, it was it was a good movie. I, I liked it and I will probably get my it only out thing if with on it, DVD.
2: Like my only real thing with it was did it need to be made. I don't think it did. Um, Disney is kind of rolling back on its laurels now. Like okay. They whipped out Beauty and the Beast. They whipped out Aladdin. Yep. Like they're we just, have Lion
1: King coming out? Yeah,
2: they got yep. Lion King coming down the pipe now. Like J- Jason, I, I know that they own most of the cinematic universe now, so they can kind of do whatever Jason, the heck they want. Jason, but, Jason what?
0: what you got to realize, Disney isn't making very much money. They, they are hurting, I know. they're struggling I, financially and they I mean, need to I know, do whatever they can to yeah, make some
2: money. I know that they're visiting the payday loan places. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll get by, Doug. They'll be okay. <laughs> I just, I I question whether or not they're just well, goofing around for the sake of raking in cash. I,
0: I mean, they're profitable. I mean, if if something works, why well, not do it?
2: Do you remember back when Aladdin came out and um, Beauty and the Beast and all those movies? Oh, and yeah. then within like within like six months, they had a direct to DVD sequel oh, that yeah. had that had like second tier voice actors oh, doing horrible. almost all of the roles. Absolutely, and they just they would pump out two or three sequels or little tiny special shows mm-hmm, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were horrible. <laughs>
0: that's
2: but what, that's again, what I really kind of was down on Disney for a while. <laughs> but
0: again, the uh what is it the cost to gain is so minimal like, oh yeah because yeah. they're going direct to dvd right. they're paying yeah you know voice actors that next to nothing yeah uh you're basically paying your well, even like the original
2: aladdin when when aladdin came out in in 91 92 Nin- uh, I 90. Know, 90 in the 90s one yeah was it yeah 1991 it was only like a hundred and hundred and eighty some million dollars to make that movie and how much money do you think that that movie has made over its lifetime oh sure like my lord because <laughs> i remember back back in uh, like 10 or 15 years ago I don't, I don't know if disney still does it but they would always be like oh we're putting such and such a movie in the vault and it won't be available for purchase anywhere for the next X number of years like and now they then they trot a movie back out and they remaster it and digitize it and blu-ray it and 4k it and whatever the heck and they and they sells like hot cakes mm-hmm. like i i even, had to
1: look i had to look it up real quick uh but yeah, apparently the original animated Aladdin, the blue Blu-ray release alone, sold one point eighty one million units and has grossed thirty-nine million dollars as of twenty seventeen. Like, wow. yeah, these
2: these 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 older movies are still making a ton
1: of money for Disney.
2: Sure. So yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I've always liked for Disney. Um, the quality of their animation is amazing. That was always one thing that I was very down about with America, quote unquote, I'm sorry, American animation styles. Uh, not that it was an American style, but it was an American thing that they did. They farmed a lot of it out to Korea and Vietnam and Japan and all that sort of thing. But that sort of herky-jerky animation, like the G.I. Joe mm-hmm. and the He-Man and stuff like Transformers, that. Transformers. As, yeah. yeah, as Transformers. As much as I love those cartoons, I really hated the animation style when you compared it to Japanimation. Sure. and anime and all of that sort of thing um it was just the the quality was so much higher in in all the stuff that was coming out of japan at that time and disney was one of the only companies that was like you know what we're, we're gonna hand like even back as far as aladdin i'm pretty sure it was still hand drawn but they would just hand draw all that stuff and do it frame by frame by frame there was no herky-jerky nothing and they and it showed in the movie it looks so beautiful
0: yeah, no, uh, Disney does great stuff, and uh, yeah, they, they just keep cranking out, you know, blockbuster after
1: blockbuster. They, they have
2: a button that's like auto-hit, auto-hit, pretty much, auto-hit, auto-hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean,
1: can, can the mouse really do any wrong right now with uh, Marvel and their s- animations no. and Star Wars. Wars and like, oof, that, that company is poised for success for the next 26 generations like they're 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 in the driver's seat for sure
2: when we get to talking about aliens we'll have to make up a corporation that's like disney slash something <laughs> right <laughs> instead of weyland yutani it's disney yutani
0: so aladdin uh, was the first uh, first big it was the number one movie for for this weekend uh john wick was number two what did we say that it pulled in like 26 million uh let's see here. 24 26, 20 like 24.3 million uh avengers was third was 16.8 million it finally surpassed what was they say uh what they say like 800 million uh if so only avengers end game only the second film to pass 800 million domestically which Ooh. that's crazy to think about right um, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, still doing strong. Number four, 13.3 million. Now, the movie that debuted that did not do well as expected was the movie Brightburn. Um, This is like a superhero movie, but it's directed by James Quinn. What did we say? It was James Gunn. James Gunn, and uh, it's like if Mm. Superman had turned evil, pretty much. Yeah, that's
2: basically basically the premise of the movie yes yeah, yeah. what what would happen if um if a child um like basically your your typical angst-ridden barely a teenager kind of child got abilities on par with superman and decided to just indulge his every whim
0: yeah uh, it just it, it didn't it came out with uh, 17.5 million, and I don't think it's gonna probably stay. I don't think it's gonna go up any higher because I think there's some more movies that are coming out here in the next couple weeks. That uh, let's see here, uh, Godzilla's coming out next weekend. Uh, rocket man comes out next weekend which is the elton john biopic i, I really don't think that brightburn uh unless no, it really it, starts it doesn't some, stand a chance yeah unless it, it really gets some buzz or something i don't think it's gonna i think it's gonna just fizzle right out
1: which is it, it unfortunate. really yeah it really feels like the the company that's that's producing brightburn i, I don't have it right in front of me just didn't read the the movie landscape of this summer and was like let's make a superhero movie yeah yeah like because this has everything kind of going for it it's got james gunn who is is well respected uh it's superheroes which are obviously hot
2: uh
1: and but it's it's just being covered up by all these other things that are going on yeah and i mean look at the four movies right on
0: top of it it's just those are powerhouse movies
1: you got to you got to wonder if this uh, if the distribution company that picked it up was just like, eh, let's just bury it. And uh, it, it's on my list of ones to see. I'll probably watch it in the next week or so.
2: Uh, I wonder if James Gunn's name on it isn't what got that movie made entirely. Honestly, mm-hmm. quite possible. Maybe, maybe quite possible. I mean, not that I'm saying it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I haven't seen it yet. And honestly, I do want to see it. It looks kind yeah, of cool because that's yeah. I enjoy movies like that. But I'm thinking uh, at this time of year for it to release like this, how it's like the marketing, uh, like it's it's almost like they they knew the movie they were making and they kind of fell on themselves when it came to how to market it like. You can't market it as a as a superhero movie, really, because everyone then is going to go into it thinking, "Oh, it's going to be a neat little Avengers flick," or it'll be a it'll be one of those super dark DC movies where you need to turn up your gamma like fifty thousand times to see anything in the movie. (laughs) But like this movie is is about a kid who basically just turns into a dick, (laughs) for (laughs) lack of a better term. He's a dick with the powers of Superman. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, come on though that 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 would be any of us if we had the Superman powers. Yeah, right? well, realistically, if Let's I was twelve it. years
2: old and I and I had basically all of the abilities of yeah. Superman, I'd be like, "What do you mean yeah. rules? They don't apply to me." Exactly, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, I will give a little spoiler that there is. Uh, I've read that there's an after credit scene for for this movie that sets up the potential for a bright burn universe, and supposedly there is they reveal that there's a possible evil like one woman and evil aquaman like yeah, that's what i yeah. heard i don't they're, know if they're it's basically true they're
2: setting it up to almost be like the justice league of evil
0: okay okay well, all right whatever
2: i would love to see more movies in this vein but it strikes me as almost um super eight cloverfield kind yep. of movie yep.
0: absolutely where
2: it's actually a very cool movie, but it's a little bit outside the realm of what most people think is an entertaining movie. Like, I absolutely loved Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. That movie was awesome. Um, and Super 8 was a great movie as well. But they weren't the kind of movie that grabs the nation's attention like Avengers Endgame and, and that sort of thing, you know, where it's a social outing. It's, it's a movie you see because it's cool, not because it's the social event of the summer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: now here, here's my question for you jason do you think that this is the type of movie that once it gets like a like on a streaming service or a dvd or blu-ray or whatever it might gain that following that in that demand that they go back and make it oh yeah movie?
2: yeah for sure i, I mean i haven't it. seen it but if, it looks like it could if james gunn doesn't life. manage to pull a sequel out of this um whatever streaming service picks it up be it netflix be it hulu crave uh, Disney Plus, or even whatever, um, there will be a sequel to this movie. I can almost guarantee it because the views off of streaming alone will probably more than justify it. Sure.
0: Um, yeah, that's uh, that's our rundown of everything that was in the box office this weekend. Uh, another interesting announcement this week was from Simon and IDW Comics. S- their IDW IDW Comics is putting out a Starcadia Quest mini series comic. You guys uh you guys familiar with Starca- Starcadia Quest at all? Do you guys uh know I
1: checked guy? I checked out the 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 board game kind of when it when it came out.
0: It hasn't been uh. out yet though.
1: Well, yeah, it went when it launched, yeah, so it
0: was been on Kickstarter. It's yeah. supposed to launch later this year, because um, I, I backed it. We're big Arcadia Quest fans in this house. We love it. Um, it's one of my daughter's favorite games. So when they, you know, when they put out a Starcadia Quest, which is almost like the same thing, only in a like a sci-fi setting, mm-hmm. I, I was all on it, and I thought that, that was pretty cool. Um, but
2: it looks a lot like Super Dungeon Explorer
0: it it does yeah yeah it's it's kind of character. the same thing for like
2: style and style and character model wise um i don't really know a ton about it i i googled it briefly for for the uh for the episode of the podcast here and it does actually look like a cool idea like the game it's the game looks actually quite interesting yeah oh yeah um, it
0: looks it, it looks I'm, a lot of fun I'm, I'm
2: you know what you should do doug you should make sydney do the review of this game
0: we should, we probably should um or at least have her do fan. the uh, review of the comics too um, I just think it's an interesting way of kind of putting your. I, I, I guess it's promoting your board game. I don't know of any other, yeah, you know, company that that has kind of done a board game or a comic with a board game. I know Oni Press did uh, uh, did a Winter board uh, comic miniseries, but that was well after the board game had been out for sure, for, yeah. for years and years. So this is kind of
2: unusual it's getting to be more popular with with comics now to that they have games popping out around them but this is a bit of a different take on that for sure right i think i think
1: what really caught my eye on this was uh down at the bottom of the press release they in in almost a throwaway line they state that uh each issue of the comic is going to have playable content in the game so like you'll be able to play what you just read and make up your own story about that in the board game, which is it, it's just that next layer of interaction that, that they've put into this. Yeah, which exactly. Is, you really like the comics, really play it on the yeah. game table. It's, it, it's one thing to have, you know, a comic that tells the story of the world, your board game is set in, but then being able to be like, Hey, like this issue, replay it on your own terms in your own house. Like, that's cool yeah, yeah that if is, you didn't is. like
2: how the how this episode how this comic ended play it on the table see if you can get a different ending
0: well you know you yeah. know what it kind of reminds me of is in the 80s you know all the he-man all the gi joe all the transformers uh well no i guess not the all the transformers but they used to put out toy lines with comics in them mm-hmm. so oh yeah you could do that sure, yeah. so that kind of reminds me of, a, of that throwback to to back in the 80s when they used to do that um it'll be interesting to see if it inspires more comic sales or if the comic sales inspire more board game sales or, I, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah. it, it's, see. it's a tough balance to maintain actually, because there, there have been a lot of attempts made at that actually that have flopped just as badly as they've mm-hmm. succeeded. My,
1: my kind of gut reaction is uh, this will spur a lot of people who bought the board game to buy the comic. And yeah I sure don't i don't know if that'll be reciprocated in the other direction
0: that's true
1: but gamers are such completionists that like oh there's playable content in this comic i have to have it here
2: take take my four dollars i will oh yeah for sure there. and if you release an exclusive comic with your game bill yeah the completionists will gobble that <laughs> for yeah. sure
0: um I don't know the comic industry all that well, so I don't know what the print run is for, uh, you know, for those IDW issues. But I can't imagine that it's, like, more than, like, five, 6,000 copies, if, unless it's, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or a, TMN, or a uh, Transformers issue or so, something that's, like, really heavily, it has a big fan base.
2: You mean uh, something that Doug likes?
0: Yeah, something that I like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but I I just don't think that they crank out the presses for comics, so it'll be interesting no, to see yeah, how many. Um, yeah, I forget how many backers the Starcadia Quest uh, Kickstarter brought in. I can Google it right here while we're talking. Um,
1: um, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see the the print run and exactly how. I mean, obviously, it's one of those things that if you're interested in it. Contact your local comic store uh, and, and let them know you want it so that right. they can put the orders in, um, which I thought was really cool at the bottom of the press release, too, is they actually have that. That's how they tell you to get copies of this is to contact your local comic shop or visit uh, locator.com to find a store near you. And I just plugged in my. My uh, zip code in that, and it brought up all my local comic shops, not a mention of any online retailers oh, at cool. all. So it was that, that was actually really cool to see, and makes me actually uh, even more interested in this comic now, even though I didn't back the Starcadia game itself.
0: Yeah, the Starcadia Quest had just a little over 6,500 backers. So yeah I, yeah, I can't imagine they'd run the presses for. You know, more than that on on these comic issues. Otherwise, they're going to be selling well, them forever. But
2: they probably do like seven thousand or something like that, and keep five hundred in reserve, sort of. Thing.
0: Sure. Yeah, huh. no, it's just it, I thought it was interesting, and like I said, it was kind of a cool callback to uh, the eighties yeah. when when uh, you know. Comics as far as were the game with...
2: goes, what I liked was about what I read was uh, the footprint of the game is actually small. Yeah, You don't need uh, a billiard table to play this game. You can play this on a legitimately sized kitchen table. Like you don't have to have like a literal six by four table to play this game on. That's one thing that bugs me about a lot of these um, miniatures, um, the the chibi miniature style games now is they show these beautiful maps laid out on a table and you think, oh, that'd be really cool to play. And then you try to put it on your own kitchen table and there's not a chance. It doesn't fit. Or it barely fits and you're knocking stuff off the table every five seconds. So games with followers, smaller footprints are a big thumbs up for me.
0: Well, that was one of the reasons why we backed Starcadia Quest is because uh, Arcadia Quest, which is like the fantasy version of, of uh, you know, pretty much the same thing. Uh, it, it has such a huge setup up in takedown time um, so that... They've kind of streamlined it with Starcadia Quest. They've tweaked it a couple, little bit, um, and I, I think it's going to be. Uh, I hope it's a big hit for them. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't it's think it's a tough uh, market. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, as much as I love Seamon and in, in their minis, they they haven't put out a whole lot lately that's really kind of grabbed me and made me excited. To be
2: honest. I actually violently, well, not violently, vehemently dislike Simon.
0: <laughs> really? See, they've always okay. been good, good, to, uh, good to us. On the I don't show.
2: have a problem with the company itself. I have a problem with the volume of stuff that it pumps out versus the amount of stuff that actually um, I've seen played. Like, they have lots of minis out there and lots of mini games, and they all look really cool and they all look really amazing and I... Have almost never seen one hit a table amongst my circle of friends and family.
1: Yeah, it's legit. I, 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 I can kind of get behind that. As seeing it at my store and stuff too. Like they do a lot of kickstarting for their big mini production stuff, but they also do a a fair amount of direct to direct to retail board games and stuff. And yeah, they're they're not the most played game company that's out there and maybe that's uh maybe that's something that needs a change uh so that they get a little more credit because they've definitely been good at least uh i can't speak to the full-end consumer aspect uh end of it but as a as a store they've definitely tried to promote brick and mortar sales so i've
2: i've been happy with 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 yeah, CMOT games i'll give them mad props for that actually because especially in this day and age where everything's online or the internet or a digital platform I mean, you can go digital all you want, but if you go digital too much, eventually you've got no place to buy things locally. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Um, just a quick aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched your video of uh, of Dungeon Drop by Phase Shift earlier today, Doug. Okay. Um, at uh, Speaking as to the table size of a game, and it gave me massive anxiety to watch you dropping those little cubes <laughs> on the table. I was terrified that they were all going to end up on the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the one thing that... Uh... Uh, I, I I had to put I that a, mat down because if, yeah. if I had dropped those on the wood table, table yeah. they're just they going to start bouncing all over the place. Your cats would be having a field oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a fun game and yeah, that's one thing that uh, you definitely need a a, a like a big table or a table with some sides on it to make sure that you don't lose all the little cubes out of it. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: You know what pains me the most about having to say that I don't particularly care for Seamon as as a minis company. Um, they have Bloodborne and the Souls stuff, the Soulsborne stuff, and I am such a rabid fan of those games. I would buy that game box just to have it on my shelf and sit there and never play it just <laughs> because it looks amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they've uh, they've done. I I don't think they've done like a huge Kickstarter or I, I think, I don't think that their Kickstarters that they've put out in the last year have done as well as they had hoped. Like I, I, I know I think
2: that people are finally getting a little bit buried in the glut of, of board games covered in minis now. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially like you get the zombie side stuff or, and of uh, the bones, the Reaper bones, mini lines and all of that sort yeah. of thing. Like, Holy cow. There's just so many minis. I mean, it's really cool to watch those things explode and where like your base set gives you like 110 minis, and by the time the Kickstarter's done funding, suddenly you're getting 812.
0: <laughs> and, and the other thing that uh, I don't really enjoy about CMON, uh, I mean, I and, and I shouldn't say don't enjoy it, it's just... The as soon as one Kickstarter is over, the next update after it yeah. like ends is <laughs> yeah. like, hey, we've got another one coming up in two months that uh, you should all be yeah. excited about. It's like they've
1: almost turned into a kickstarting into a business. Well, I'm gonna let you guys know. Uh, you don't have to back everything. Whoa, I'm just I'm just whoa, putting whoa, just I'm just, whoa, 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 just, whoa, just whoa. Ben. Whoa. What are you just putting that about? Out there. Just 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 putting that out there. I don't know what uh, I'm talking about.
2: I don't have the Superbacker title for no reason, you know. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Th- that's
2: fair. That's fair. That's uh, yeah. No, I honestly, uh, I was, I was kind of proud and sad at myself at the same time when I got that title. <laughs> I was like, oh Jesus, what have I done? Jason, <laughs> I don't even recall a time
0: when I didn't have that title. <laughs> yeah, but you you're a,
2: you're a, you're a Kickstarter nut. Oh, I am I an am. enthusiast. You're a nut yeah um, i i follow you
1: doug and i get notifications when you back something and i'm just like I, my half of my email every morning is doug <laughs> shoot is back to this doug Shoot is back to that. Doug Sh- <laughs>
2: but but how
1: uh, it's, that, uh, it's that youtube money you're bringing in yeah right. and
2: then the really irritating part is <laughs> i click on the damn link to go see <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then you're like what why is he uh, backing is this, this? <laughs> yeah, oh what I,
1: the heck is I, it there are several Kickstarter projects I've backed because Doug's a bad influence.
2: Uh, it, oh it's yeah, true. for sure, it's true. Half of my half of my pile of shame is Doug.
0: <laughs> oh man, well, I'm sorry, guys. Can I say you are not? I'm not really. No, you I, shouldn't I, be. I just, uh, you know, there's certain things that really get my attention on there, and then I get excited about, and
2: you know, and then you get us excited about yeah, them, and then boom. And then there we go. Then we're like half the comment section on a Kickstarter saying, "Yeah, shoot, sent me." <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, "Who is this shoot guy?"
0: <laughs> oh man. Um, but one one game that I'm really excited about that didn't hit Kickstarter, and then I know Jason is excited about as well, is the Alien RPG from Free League. Usually <laughs> they do their uh, their typical, you know crowdfunding on kickstarter but this time they totally bypassed that and they're doing it strictly online so if anybody's interested in anything that we're talking about from this point forward go to alien-rpg.com uh you can put in a pre-order for the alien rpg you can get the core books you can get uh the special edition books you can get the dice you can get the cards uh you can get the map. it's not and going the to deliver 40th
2: anniversary special edition version
0: exactly. Um, it doesn't physically ship until I think they said December. Is that right, Jason?
2: Uh, yes, December 2019.
0: So, so it won't ship until later this year. But the really cool thing about it is that if you back it, if you pre-order it, like within like a day or two, they'll push you a. Uh, a code through drive through RPG for the cinematic starter, which is 160 some odd pages. I mean, it's bigger than most uh, RPG books, most
2: RPG books.
0: Yeah. (laughs) For
1: real. I I saw that. I'm just like,
2: Whoa. Okay. All right. These guys are are good to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a neutered version. Well, it is mildly neutered version of the rules, but, there's it's not the sort of thing where you can only do you know make one character and play one tiny little thing there's a full-fledged mission in there there's mm-hmm. character options for everybody they give you a sizable chunk of the talents and skills you can get like you, you it's not like you're only going to be able to do one thing and then it's a one and done deal and you're and you're finished you you could easily play several one shots with this or like a mini campaign with just the quick start rules
0: yeah, yeah. Which is typical with them with their quick starts. to Be honest with you. Um, yeah.
2: And the art is all on point. It's not just a. It's not just a text PDF. It is art from like the core book.
0: Oh yeah, and they got this. I think it's the same artist that does uh, Simurum. It's like it does really look dark, like it. Yeah. Dark. Um, I don't know what. I don't know how to explain it, but it's really, really great art. Um, and it's it's perfect for the alien uh, IP. Uh, yeah.
2: The, they, they they sell it so well with the flavor text and no, all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, it it was really great. And the other great thing about it is that they're letting folks send feedback too. So if there's um, you know, if you're playing it and something didn't really kind of jive with the mecha- with the mechanics, you can email them and tell them, "Hey, this is what kind of happened. This is what we really didn't like about this aspect of this mechanic." And they'll address it or look at it and see if it needs to be tweaked before the actual game gets published. So it's kind of like you're getting like a beta test and getting in at that beta beta testing level, which is really cool. Um, yeah, no this
1: the 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 whole the whole rollout they're doing here is is a really cool uh, really cool. Thing. I, I just um, I, as a retailer, I wish there was a way for me to get in on the pre order as a retailer, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, but apart from that, like everything is is on point with this. Uh,
2: I was it, I was teasing Doug gray. a little bit at the beginning of this, actually, because um, I, I, I want all the, I love aliens, aliens, Terminator, <laughs> Predator, that whole that whole conglomerated mishmash franchise where what love it or hate it. I love it all. Um and I was bugging Doug. I was like, "Hey, I know that you. I know that you know some of these guys over here. So you know, like, I need you to get them to send me all of the things right now." And of course, Doug was like, "Oh, heck, I can't do that. You know, are you crazy?" And I'm, so I was bugging him about that. And then, literally, like the next morning, I get the PDF and I was I sent back to Doug. I was like, "Oh my god, it works, Doug!" Oh my gosh, <laughs> they sent yeah. me the thing. And then, of course, it turns out I was just one of thousands of people they sent it to. But I still felt. Pretty fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I told. And them. I
2: read that entire rule book in one sitting. I know ne- I have never done that before. Oh really? I like even for Forbidden Lands. Uh, as is- as cool as it is, uh, Jim Pinto's Blood Wraith. I love the crap out of that setting. Um. I read them in chunks. I, mm-hmm. I'll read like you know, 10, 10, 10, 12 pages, and then I sit and digest it. With this Alien one, I was just like start to finish. And I guess it helps that I've watched Aliens probably 35 times and seen Alien just as many and Alien 3 and all of the other sequels and movies. Um, but it just, it reads cinematically.
0: It does. Yep. It,
2: even even the rules. like every. It's not like one of those rule books where you read something and you're like, oh, well, this mechanic hasn't been explained to me yet. It flows perfectly. Like oh, they're, that's they're, cool. They're explaining all the mechanics step by step as you go through it and you almost don't even notice that it's what you're reading, honestly.
0: And the cool thing is, Jason, if this is if this is just like the starter set or whatever they want to call it, like imagine how the finished product is going to be. Like the I know book, it's just oh. going to be even better. And
2: those dice look so oh, sweet. Oh my god, they do. <laughs> Anything um, with a face hugger on it, I'm there yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it was it's pretty awesome um what do you think of the mechanic wise what do you th- what do you think of this because uh, I'll tell folks if you're not familiar with the uh, free League systems a lot of their games uh, I think pretty much all of their games except for Cimber Room, which was uh, uh, a game that they brought in uh, and they just uh Brought underneath their uh, free league banner just recently, Um, they all use this what's called a year zero engine system, where it's d6 dice pools. Usually, you have uh, what what is it like an attribute and a skill, and usually it's like some gear or something, and you based on what you have as a rating in those those three options, um, that creates a d6 dice pool. You roll those d6s. If you get a six, it's a success. Um, If you don't get any sixes you can then what's called push your roll which is just re-roll everything um but all the ones give you some sort of trauma or damage or in this yeah, case it's it's some stress sort of yeah um what do you think of the uh, the stress mechanic in the in this game do you think it's um
2: it is perfect for this game mm-hmm. uh this the stress panic mechanic of the whole thing like um it replicates Uh, Any of the alien franchises, like whether you whether you like alien or aliens um, doesn't really matter. Um, There's a way to replicate the stress and the panic. uh, Pardon the use of the term again, that you feel in the movies for the characters, like when there are hordes of aliens bearing down on them and people are just, you know, firing wildly into the crowd and emptying clips and stuff like that. That is stress inducing. And the way the mechanic in the game works is um, when you get stress, that's extra dice for you to roll. But if you roll a one on those dice, it adds even more stress to your thing. So at the beginning, you know, one or two extra dice, hey, that's a cool idea. But when you get three or four stress Mm -hmm. dice, if you keep, if you rack up too much stress, you'll panic and then you have to roll on a panic table. And if you panic, you can do anything from just freeze in place to flee into the wilderness or whatever, trying to hide. (laughs) You can go catatonic, you can, um, you know, do all kinds of other crazy things. And, but up until that point, it's, it's like a, it's like balancing act almost like how much stress can your character take? And there are things you can do to remove your stress as well. Um, But you have to sort of balance that. So you get that real sensation of like, you know, when the Marines are running around through, uh, through Hadley's Hope, you get that feeling of like, oh my, oh, the panic, there could be an alien around every corner kind of thing. And that's when they're making the amazing shots and, you know, doing the heroic things. And then, of course, it eventually comes up, oh, oh, well, this guy had this guy panicked and freaked out and got grabbed by an alien. And now he's gone.
0: <laughs> and and I love how they um, they they pretty much like I think it's on like the, one of the first few pages, they say more than likely. Everybody's not going to survive like you're going to yeah. sit down and play this game, but more than likely you the character that you start out with is not going to survive.
2: And they make exceptions for um, the fact that you may lose a character. So there's options in the game, uh, of course, related to your to your game master as well. Or uh, what do they call it in the game? They, came, it's the mother, they right? call it
0: the game mother.
2: Game mother, because that's yeah. the, the name of the AI in the alien uh, universe in most of the ships and on most of the vessels is called mother. It's an acronym for uh, for uh, an AI intelligence. But yeah, um, they make it an exception for, in most cases for you to be able to step up with another character. Like if you're playing a group of Marines, oh, well, you instead of Corporal Corporal Stan, you're Corporal Bill now kind of thing. Yep. Um, and there's two different modes of play, which I really kind of like. There's a cinematic mode for you to play like a small mission, like Hadley's Hope for the movie Aliens. Uh, and then there's a, an overreaching campaign mode that's available to you as well. So you could actually play characters... Um, like corporate characters or, you know, space truckers is what they call Ripley and her crew. Um, or you could play Col- colonial Marines and just do like a, a Marine adventure kind of thing across the galaxy. But the, um, the idea that you're likely not going to survive is something that they're very keen to put up front. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a very dark future. Like if any, if you've seen any of the aliens movies, you know that it's a dark, nasty future ruled by super corporations and shady people and evil AIs and monsters. Like, if you, if you think you're going to wade through that like Captain America, best of luck.
0: And supposedly they have rules for playing. I haven't read the whole thing. I've read most of the rules, um, but I haven't read the whole book, the whole uh, starter set yet. But supposedly there's rules to play. Um, I don't want to, they're not called, what are the artificial? Replicants. Intelligence. Replicants. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Or synths, I guess you could call them too
0: right but they don't take like stress a, and they've got their own yeah they they have
2: they have a whole different set of mechanics yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's amazing like yeah as soon as and they announced like, this that they they had the aliens uh license oh, i was man. just like oh my god like this uh is perfect like i can see how well this could work
2: yeah. When Protoss Games lost the license, and I I used to really like Protoss Games, they did the Aliens versus Predator game that came out, and the minis for that are so beautiful. Oh, they're great. Um, it it kind of fell on its own <laughs> sword and never it never really got anywhere. So I was very sad to see them lose the license. But when I found out that Free League had picked it up, holy cow was I ever happy.
0: Now I I I wasn't aware that Protoss uh, lost their alien versus predator license. Um when when was that? When did that happen?
2: Uh, I think it was the end of last year. They they uh, lost the licensing rights, too.
0: Really? I still see ads for I, uh, them yeah, selling they're still, products. Yeah, there's
2: still ads for the game itself, but I think all that they can do now is sell off what they have. Yeah. They're still allowed to make what they have as well, but no. I don't believe they have any license to create new stuff anymore. Okay. I could be wrong. I, this is just what I've heard. You know, rumor mill. <laughs> rumor control.
0: I'll have to uh, check it check it out and do some research here uh, once we're off this podcast because I do have the Alien vs. Predator board game uh, in my library but I don't think I've ever even got it to the table. It's part of my pile of shame.
2: Um, I would almost, like, painting an alien should be pretty darn easy, honestly. you Just spray paint them black, throw a little silver on there, good to go. But the Predators, boy... (laughs)
0: Yeah, and supposedly they were supposed to do some sort of like war game too that never came out. I mean, they've always had this board game, but uh, supposedly they had a they were supposed to put out you know this like tabletop minis, uh, like skirmish game that uh, I don't think ever really materialized. That it was part of because like, it was a Kickstarter way back in the day, right, Jason?
2: Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, uh, you know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully now we'll get some really cool stuff too, and we'll just see more and more uh, awesome free league uh, items. Because they they made a comment in the the starter set that there's more releases to come in year in years to come. I think is the exact quote in the in the starter set. So sounds like they've got the license for a while.
2: Yeah, the only problem that Prodos is having with their end of things—I'm just reading up on the internet right now—is um, they still haven't fully fulfilled the Kickstarter from 2013. Really? Cool. Yeah, they're still—they're still, <laughs> still outdated. They've fulfilled the majority of it. Like I'll, I'll give them props for that. It's Whoa. just a, a lot of the stretch goals they're having trouble. Yeah, it's one of those typical, typical Kickstarter thing. You know, it starts to do really well, and it's like, oh my god, let's add some stretch goals. It sounds really cool, but we really can't make. Or a
0: okay, so this is one thing that I learned about Kickstarter that uh, I don't know if most fo- most folks know about, but when um, a Kickstarter announces stretch goals during their campaign, the only thing that the company is required to send out is everything that is mentioned in the pledge when you back and when the when the campaign started. So the stretch goals. Are, those are
1: all. Those are all optional.
0: Those are all optional. They I mean, it's the the company doesn't have to, you know, fulfill those goals, if they've f- for some reason can't, but they were that they fulfill everything else that the main Kickstarter funded, um, Kickstarter still th- considers that uh, a successful campaign, yeah, even though yeah, they did deli- true, yeah. didn't deliver on the stretch goals. So that's probably what's happening there is that Protus maybe ran out of funds or something. I don't know. I don't want to speculate because you know. Oh it yeah, no, it's
2: really. it's not it's not worth speculating. It's just that's I know I know that as of as of um, as of last year, like uh, mid last year, they hadn't completely fulfilled the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but they did all of the core stuff that they that they promised did go out. Oh, it was good. just stretch goal stuff that didn't. So, you know, a lot of people are, are down on them for that. But you know what? They gave you what you backed for. It's just the extra little doodads and whats that you paid for that you're not getting.
0: All right. I think that's going to do it for us this week. I want to thank Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games for joining us tonight. Also, awesome. big thank you to Jason Hunt. All right, folks, okay. thanks so much for listening. This has been the Chaotic Good Cast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. like pants
1: and on that note
0: (laughs) yeah let's end on that (laughs) awkward note